Hello and welcome to our first episode of Dungeon and Dunces. I am your Dungeon Master, Carissa Newell, here with... Hi, I'm Tia, playing Squeeze. I am Max. I am playing Will O. Smith. Hi, I'm Brandon, and I'm playing Valleys. Hello, my name is Megan, and I'll be playing Rose Petal Rattlebones. And we're here to play the first session of Steam City. We arrive around the magical realm. A magical realm, where cities exist on the back of tortoises and move from one end of the desert to the next. A realm where cities float in the sky. A realm where fays have created their own city up, up, up deep in the northern mountains. And amongst us all, we zoom in on the city of Steer. Great puffy clouds of gray smoke hello out of steaming towers into the sky as fog descends over the city. We move through the upper district, through the beautiful cobbled streets and gears at in the high clock tower, over the bridge, over the river, to our lower district. An industrial area where you can constantly hear the hammering and and gears of the factory as they go on and on and on, producing steam and using coal to run this magnificent city. From here, we move on to the Viper's Pit, a coliseum made of metal, of zinc and alloy, pounded together to create what can only be described as a makeshift stadium. The crowds roar, wearing giant hats with gears and monocles that can see long distances. And in the middle of it, in a pit full of sand, we find a warforge standing posed at the ready. Spoons, would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Spoons. I'm a warforged monk. I stand about six foot four with glowing green eyes, but you can't see most of my face because I cover up with hood and wrapping because um, you kind of stand out from the rock and have city made of metal. Um, I'm often found in the Viper's Pit and um, it's where I make the most money. It's the easiest place for me to be. You stand in this arena, as you have countless times before, ready to face your next opponent. The gates in front of you creak open, and out walks Croker, another warforge, who is where another warforge wielding a giant great battle axe. You fought them before, and you see that on their chest, as usual, they are carrying the sigil of Lord Orc Jemhair, a chimera standing on its hind legs with two heads roaring up to the sky. As he comes out, you hear the crowd go, and more faintly in the back, you can hear a couple of boos and, and ah, no, as you await your next battle. 
Croker comes out and looks at you, preparing his great battle axe. You know that you have to at least strike him three times, and you'll win this match. Roll for initiative. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> roll. Oh, shit. 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 Fully cracked your neck while oh. Walker while, while is describing like <laughs> the fight about to happen. Just fully I'm like, sorry, there were just some names in there that made me an angry boy. I don't know. <laughs> like, an angry boy. Anyway, um, I rolled a seven. Okay, they rolled up an eight. Ooh. Ooh. So Croker is going to go first. They rolled a three, so they do not hit. Yes, Alright, I'm going to... I, need, I know I need to hit them three times um, in order to at least to, to get through this fight, so I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to attack twice as a monk. Okay. Natural one! And natural 18. You, you go... To hit them the first time just with my fist, and as Croker lunges for you with that three, they go to hit you with the axe, hit the sand next to you, and as you turn around to try and hit them, looking all cool, all nice and sexy, you absolutely eat it and take no. it to the dirt. But at the last minute, reach out with your bow staff and hit their legs. Roll damage. Oh, uh, uh, that'll be 10 damage. Okay, 10 damage. And then can I use a key point and use very blows? You may. Yeah. I'm gonna hit them Ooh. two more times. Okay. See how fast I can get this over with. Come on, shit. Uh, 5 plus 8 is 13. Is that hit? It's not hit. And then uh, 14 plus 7 is 21. That does hit. Go for damage. Um, Alright, that'll be 6 plus 4, so that's 10 more damage. Okay. You go to do a flurry of blows. They manage to dodge the last one right in time, then you hit them again, and as you hit them straight across the jaw, you see them stumble back severely injured, like about to fall onto the ground. You see the refs are kind of and, like they're like unsure whether or not to just like call the match, but then you hear the crowd go, <laughs> and they kind of take a step back, knowing like we should just let them take him down. It'll be fine. Croker now a bit disoriented is going to try to roll and hit you. They roll. They do not hit. Okay. Best. Best. Um, I'm going to. I'm going to skirt around them and try and smack them in the back with my bow staff. Okay. Does a 16 hit? Yes. Awesome! Yeah. You, awesome. you skirt around them, sand flying up under your quick, nimble feet, as you go to whack this man across the back, roll for damage. Seven more damage. Seven damage, they are out cold. You see this larger <laughs> warforge just take a tumble, and as you hit them, go crack. 
the crack resonates across the arena as you hit them in the back, and they just fall forward face plant into the ground. I raise my arms to the crowd. I don't it's going wild. I don't quite um I don't gloat or anything, but I, I do raise a hand and I nod and I acknowledge the crowd. The crowd is ecstatic. The crowd cannot believe that this has happened. You took them out without getting a single blow to yourself. Oh, I can't believe this happened. <laughs> you see the doors behind you open to allow you to go back into the backstage area. And as you start to leave the arena, you look up to where you know kind of like a VIP box is and meet the cold gray eyes of Lord Jemhare himself, who looks very displeased that their champion has taken a big wallop, a very embarrassing wallop as that. They stare at you, almost like a knowing smirk on their face, and then you enter and the doors close behind you. I kind of shake out all the glad gladiator jitters and then just as you're shaking off those like steam coming out of my brain <laughs> as you sit there and you're like like steam coming out of you like getting all this anger and all this energy out of you you see teaser fucking booking it injured leg and everything towards you excited just running towards you and there's this this is tiny little Warforged bar with a violin strapped to her back, an injured leg from the last time she took a beating in a fight that's like slowly getting worse and worse because they have not been able to like fix it because they need no money for that. And she's just excitedly coming up to you. I absolutely. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's all for you. I do. I I have to do this. I I can't fight on my own. You know this. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. It's, I I brought you something. You see, she turns around into her pack and she pulls out this tiny little carved wooden tortoise and she hands it to you. She's like, I I I saw you like you was like looking at them the last time we, we crossed over to them just again. But like, I really thought you liked one, so like I, I you know, I took a couple of our bronze coins and I, I went down to my global carver and I like said it would give me a deal. I just I really hope you like them. Jeez, I love them. Oh, I'm so glad. As she's gush as she's gushing and all excited, you see a second woman comes up to the fray, smiling, more reserved, but clearly very proud of you. She is a half-orc monk, as you know her as the Master, but you do know that her actual name is Regitir Ragmanger, although, of course, you all call her the Master in the colonies. And she comes up to you and claps you on the back. Oh, that's Thanks. Thanks. I do my best. You taught me well. See, your training is coming very long way. I, I agree. Um, I normally wouldn't have been able to make it without a partner out there. What on my feet today? She gives Teaser like this very sad smile as this little thing's just bouncing up and down excitedly and goes, Yeah, hopefully we'll be able to see Teaser back in her I actually, um, was wondering if I could talk to you. Absolutely. Um, in private. She turns to Teaser and Teaser goes, Oh, oh, okay. Well, well um, I'll see you back then. Okay, okay, uh, I, I hope you, hope you like it. I love it. And she kind of like waddles away, limping a little bit on her on her broken foot. The master gets very serious. 
and it just pulls, it pulls you to a side. Well, I, I have good news and bad news. Oh, give me the bad news. Look, Jim, here is waiting outside. Wanting to speak to you. The war was My mother was able. I am unsure. But I have nothing you should speak of. Yes, I'm not. Okay, good. So, good news, if you could call it that, is I need a little finger. I don't know if you remember my friend Thaddeus. He, he's one of the guys you know what he is. Um, he needs a bit of help with someone who's a bit more experienced than I would go, but you know, with things in the colony as they are, I don't really want to leave. Yeah, no, you don't belong there. And so I don't know if it's possible for you to make your way down there once you get out of here and just see what he needs. He's a very good man, and I'm sure he wouldn't be asking if there wasn't something. No, that's fine. I'll, uh, I'll collect my pay and head over there. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, do I know where Jeff Hare is waiting? Yes. So, you are currently in what is like the backstage area, if you could call it. Mm-hmm. It is where all the workers and the fighters get ready, and like the weapons are there. You can see like there's a couple of orcs and dwarves like getting like really buff looking horse and we're getting ready, like practicing against each other before they go out. Like the the environment is very low-key. Usually everyone kind of knows that this is nothing personal, it's just business. Except for Lord Jeb Hare's men, whom none of you really vibe with. They're very cocky, they're very the douchebags. Yeah, there's really they really are douchebags. Um and you know that if Jem Hare's here He's probably waiting outside of those doors where usually where you would reach your face, as as it were. And anyone else who wants to tip you out for a good fight. Oh, so I kind of do need to exit that way. Yeah, so you need to go that way anyway. Alright. It's kind of inevitable that you have to see it. Can I do a little pieces of the door? Be like right there? Or the... Um, give me a, a stealth check. Alright. Alright. No joke, I'm a level of machine. Ah, Oh, I bounced right out of my boy. Oh, I love that natural too. I'm gonna stop rolling today. Um, So that's a six. Fantastic. Um, You peek through the door, and as you get to open the door, it makes that obnoxious kind of. Because it's just like this old, like, rusted metal door that was kind of haphazardly put together. And as you open it, you see Lord Jemhair turn to you. Lord Jemhair is a human male, about five, six, kind of a short but brawny man, who has a scar across the side of his face and is wearing his emblem on like a golden tunic that you know is probably spun out of real gold. His hair is up in a low bun, and he's sitting there just casually keeping his hand on his rapier, and he turns and sees you. His eyes are very cold and calculating, but the second they see you, he smiles big, but it doesn't reach his eyes. Yeah, it's gross. I, my hand just clutches my staff a little tighter. Spoon! Spoon! Spoon, my 
Jolly good friend, that was a good fight you put out there. I didn't think you'd be able to beat Croak again. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. I, said, I you know, I have a proposition for you. Spoon, if you would be willing to hear it. Mm, what is it this time? You know, you say that and you see his... Well, as you announced for this week, we've been missing you. Where have you been? I've been taking care of my friend who you were hurt. <laughs> hurt? I mean, so many things, accidents happen in the rain. You really can't blame me for right now, you? It's just business. It's just business. You really, you have that mindset. You know, he turns and kind of looks at his entourage that and they always stare at you kind of warily, like they don't really trust or forages. I think you're a little bit of brutes and I kind of like, you know, you should really come on. I, you could be so much better if you could use my training facilities. I don't need your training facilities. Oh, but think about the money, all that money. All that money that could go for, or, what was the name? Kaiser? Teaser. Right, right, Teaser. And like her, you know, situation. Yeah, uh, Tina doesn't need any help. Not from the situation for her. It's, I got everything handled. I give him this weird, like, smile question mark. I have a robot face. And I also <laughs> wear a mask, but you can tell, like, my expression shifts slightly. Listen, I gotta go. I'm just gonna go collect my I'll no doubt see you again. And I just like walk off like I speed walk away. <laughs> I got that 45 walk speed. <laughs> you you walk away and you hear him call out to you. He's like, oh, spoons! Spoons! Walk off! <laughs> and you just walk away over to look like over to the money collector. This this small little kobold, like female kobold, is standing there, and like she's like handing out like the earnings to like all of the people that like who fought today. Ah, you know, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. <laughs> you see a bunch of people standing around, like they're keeping a wide breath because they know if they get too close, she will shank them. But she's like, mm -hmm. but they're like standing around, like, oh my god, spoons, spoons. And they're like throwing like like bronze coins at you, like pieces of copper at you. I'm really good at catching them. I'm really fast. <laughs> roll, roll for slime hand. Let's see how much you catch. <laughs> Rolling like ten. <laughs> uh, seven. You catch like like ten like copper pieces. You know, not like not the best day, but like a couple of them roll through your fingers, like click clang on the floor. But like you know, you top sell like people going crazy. Like, oh my god, she caught my copper. She got it. You see Sasha turns to me. She goes, "Okay, how many fights you win today? Three, three, three fights." Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, here you go. Passes you twenty five silver pieces. All right. Thank you. That's... Yeah. No, it's kind of slow day today. Sounds like it. Yeah. You're not happy. Yeah. You'd think generous people would bet higher, but they never do. All they never do. Yeah, that's what's Bastards. Yeah. Alright, well. Stingy bastards. I'll see you, Sasha. Yeah, see you later. And then I uh, start heading towards the. Uh, what was his name? Uh, 
days. Uh, that is, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so you walk out of the Coliseum into the crisp evening air. The sun still hasn't gone down yet. It's still, like, you're not even a close twilight. It's just afternoon, but it's starting to get, like, cooler. I stand there, and you start heading off to the sanctum of Estes. As you do that, we zoom out, and we zoom back into another part of the city. Oh, seedier, if you can even imagine it, part of the city. That's even seedier than all the fighting pits that are close to the outskirts of town. We head to the red light district. The red light district is filled with taverns upon taverns upon taverns and pubs, like houses of ill repute. There are people who have been drinking already since about midday, like sloshed out and on the ground, and like you can see little urchins like going up to them and pickpocketing them and like taking their shit because they're just drunk and who's gonna stop them? You and as and you see like people throwing up in quarters, there are women of ill repute like coming up to noblemen who have come down from the upper district, ready to get a bit more of a of a senior experience, if you will, than like the madam houses in the upper level of town. And we zoom in on one particular little pub called the Jack and the Serpent. We enter the Jack and the Serpent, and it is kind of one of those seedy little port pubs that like all like the sailors like to go to because they can get away with like gambling and drinking away all of their money and probably like have some fun times with a prostitute here or there without having their captains notice because their captains tend to go to more reputable places. There are seedy characters all around this pub with eye patches, with missing limbs, dirty, scrawny, the smell is disgusting. And inside the pub, we go into a tiny little secluded room where a bunch of men are gambling very excitedly around this one table with their cards and die in their hands. And here we see a tiefling amongst all of the human and dwarves and gnomes. Valius, would you like to introduce yourself? Well, I'm Valius. No last name necessary. Obviously, by the way, everyone's looking at me. I'm a tiefling. Not really, not really renowned in these parts, but I get by. Um, there's not much to say. There's not much really about me to put out there. I'm a tiefling. I'm kind of a rogue. Make ends meet on the streets. Life's hard. What color are you? Oh, I'm purple. I'm a purple little tiefling. You know, big old ears like usual. My hair is jet black, set in a very nice little mohawk that I like to keep prim and proper. And by prim and proper, I mean looking like a rat's ass. <laughs> um, I have a couple of piercings in my face, you know, all the earrings that usually adorn the looks and all of that, a little septum piercing, bridge piercing action, you know, a little freak, I like it. Um, it's hot. Yeah, it's pretty hot. How big are your horns? My horns are pretty average size. I mean, I try to, I actually follow them down a little bit just to keep them at bay because, you know, humans, it hurts, but it's worth it. You gotta, you gotta make by some time. You gotta stay under the radar when you live a life like mine. So you're here at this gambling table, and you're playing a little game called the Devil's Die. Mm, How this game works is that you roll two d20, and you take the lower of the two rolls. In front of you is a nice stack of money that you've been breaking up throughout the night. My favorite thing. One of the human men with a goat, with a braided goatee and long brown hair, 
Looks to you and goes, One more round. One more round for my money. Okay. Okay. One more round for my money. Roll a Okay, what is the lower reach reach your numbers? Ten. He rolled three. He yeah. looks at you and you just take like twenty more silver pieces <laughs> on this side. He goes, oh. You cheated! One more round! One more round. As you say that, the door bursts open and you see your best friend Brill like walk in and go, seriously? Rilla is a tiny tiefling girl with lavender chopped hair that she clearly cut herself. She has a flute in one hand and a knife in the other. She has dark sapphire eyes and the second that the men in the room see her, they instantly tense up at how unnatural she looks with her gray skin, lavender hair and just dark blue eyes. She pays no attention to any of this and is looking directly at you. I leave you for four fucking minutes and you've already gambled with half the pages. How the fuck? Look at everything I made. We're kind of set for the night. I mean... Seriously? No! No? What do you mean no? I'm out here trying to make ends meet the way that we do. She's in here and she's looking at you as if she's going... If you, if you were surrounded by like 50 people, she would be hitting you with the food on the head right now. She's looks and she goes, okay, finish up. We're gonna go because we have things to be doing. Alright. And I don't have time for this. Alright, alright. I'll meet you outside. No! She sits down and is just glaring at you. She's like, if I leave you alone, you're going to disappear to another pub because you're going to do this to me twice tonight. Yeah, maybe. Just roll already. The human man looks and goes, so we're going to listen to this chick talk on night or you're going to roll again. This chick? Yeah, we're going to listen to this chick tonight. Let's roll. What do you want? 13. Fuck, you're cheating! You take five gold pieces off of this man and you see his friends run up to hold him back as you now have like all their earnings and they're glaring at you. It's like, you disgusting fucking devil man! Yeah, I heard it all before. You fucking use magic! Fuck, how dare you! I didn't use magic. I actually vowed off of magic for a little bit, so all of this was luck of the die. I'm sorry you were a shitty roller. This man's face turns red and you see Will stand up and go, I wanted to listen to my measure the dicks. I would have stayed home. Can we go now? One more roll. No! He hasn't lost it yet. You say that, and this man turns towards Will and goes, fucking nasty magical piece of fucking shit. Fucking magical horror. <gasps> what the fuck did you just say? Will looks at you, turns to this man and goes, say that to me one more time and I will beat your ass Say it. Go ahead. See what she's got. He suddenly goes tongue-tied, takes a step back, and you see her eyes go from sapphire blue to their natural white. Cubist-less, like, eyeless. You all need the troublemaker. And he goes, fucking magic. And he leaves with his friends. I'll try to see goes, are you done? Can we go? Let's go. 
or you get us into trouble. Fuck you, piece of shit. You both walk out of the room, and you see, you see, like, a bunch of, like, the prostitutes in the room are, like, eyeing you guys and your nice, fancy clothing with, like, this is the money ticket. You see the rest of, like, the patrons are, like, looking at you guys warily, like, you shouldn't fucking be here. The, like, the pub keeper is kind of looking at you, like, Go any second now, that'd be fucking spicy. Mm. And Rose just looks like, do you hear her mutter under her breath? <sighs> yeah, but you live and get used to it, right? You guys exit the pub, and you see that Brill has brought with her the rest of your entourage, and everybody is kind of ooing and aahing as they stare at this carriage that is outside of the pub. This, it is nice of a human make drawn by horses. And you see a bunch of guards standing around there looking very disgruntled to be here. Brule looks at you, opens the door and goes, inside. Now? Inside. <sighs> I guess. Come on. You get into the carriage and sadly, you see the red light district start to appear behind you as you get of the horses start taking you away. Rook sits in a chair, like sits in her chair and just hello and goes, seriously? Every time. Every time what? Every single time. Listen, if your parents didn't ask, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't do this. Okay? But your parents asked to do a simple thing. We should have been out of here hours ago. Well, my parents are dead, so I don't know who you're talking about. Oh my god. Seriously? Again? Now. Don't call me that. We've been over this. Like, I know you hate them, but they took you in, and they care about you a lot as... Yeah, they took me in, but they threw me into a whole identity crisis. I mean, as they are, they care about you, and we're doing a good thing. They care... The only thing they care about is their status in this world. The only thing that they care about is how they look on paper, or on screen, or on whatever the fuck is going on over here. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm nothing, we are nothing but trophies to those kinds of people. We're their little projects that they work on constantly to show that, oh, these magical creatures are actually really good individuals. But apparently no one else thinks that. Look at what just happened up in that fucking tavern right there. I mean, so like she takes a pause and like, you can see like, she agrees with you. Like she clearly agrees with you, but she's trying to be very much more of a devil's advocate. And she looks at you and she goes, If you don't want to do this for your parents, can we at least think about all the people who are going to benefit from the amount of money your parents are asking us to donate today? Like, the Sanctum needs the money. And, like, it's it's a good thing. Like, yes, for wrong reasons, but it's going to be a good thing. Is a good thing really a good thing when it's for the wrong reasons? Well, I Did mean, I really have to say that? We talk about that all the time. Okay, yes, but we both know what it was like to starve. And at least because of that money, somebody on the street was yeah, at least when I was starving, I knew who I was. Vocal persuasion? Nine. She doesn't really... She doesn't... She doesn't believe you're saying what you're saying because you actually feel that way. She believes that you're only saying it because you hate your parents that much. But she's gonna leave. Like, she lets it be. She sighs and she sits back and she goes, 
let's just get over it. Let's just get this over with. And then if you want to go back to the red light district, I'm not going to stop. Fine. You both sit in silence as the horses go down the ratty cobbled streets on the way to the center. From there, we zoom out and go back to the port to the Emerald and the Elm. A tiny little inn on the dock side of town. The inn is bustling with life as all of these sailors come in for dinner. It is warm and airy with vines covering the walls. And there you see a tiny little nymph with a shock of red hair standing next to a six-foot-tall half-elf who is staring at her adoringly while helping her carry some of the food trays to one of the patrons. Will, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Will O'Smith. <laughs> uh, of no relation. <laughs> it's O Smith. It's Irish. You know Smith. I am, yeah, a half elf druid. Um, I'm in my late hundreds, um, and I currently live with my uh, stable. Uh, Friend Gwendolyn. She is the owner of this restaurant, and I love her, and I love helping her. Well, you are, as most afternoons go, helping Gwen with the establishment. You see a bunch of like little kobolds and like tiny little like, like tavern made outfits, like running around, like skip and scabbing, like putting food and plates on the on the ground, and you like feel like very warm at home here. Partially also because of the giant redbud tree of which part of this bark makes the back room, uh, the back wall of this establishment. This is Gwendolyn's tree, the part of the tree that she brought with her when you guys moved to Siri a couple, couple years ago. And this is the tree that she is connected to as a woodland nymph. You see Gwendolyn is like going around just happily chatting to patrons, being like, well, thank you for coming, have a good day, would you like to stay for another night? And you were just going about serving your food. I'm going to need you to make an acrobatics check for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Um, waiters be like, oh, dirty 20. I'm stealing your dog. <laughs> <laughs> I've so with a dirty 20, 20 you, um, you like almost trip over one of the little kobolds, but you see her right at the time. You've been doing this for so long. Oh. You and Gwen have been doing this establishment for five years. You just sip around her and you see her go, Sorry, Will! And you're like, Excuse sorry, Jenny. And Jenny's like, No problem, Will! And you just go and you set this this bowl of soup in front of this of uh, this like very burly sailor captain. He looks at you and he goes, Thank you, Gwen. Oh, of course, sir. Anything else I can do for you? Oh no. Good, good. Of course, you don't want me to refill your uh, water roll here. Roll charisma. Okay. Uh, okay. Just raw charisma? Yeah. Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He, he, like, you, you're kind of disturbing this man at this point. Like, he just kind of wants to eat his meal. He's so like, are you sure you don't like eating? <laughs> one of those waiters like, who come to take you like, a cocktail. I, I need, like, Black. an addition. Black. I, I would just like to eat my soup. 
Right. Sorry. Uh, let me go. Okay. <laughs> you turn around and you see Gwen kind of making eyes at you from behind the bar. Kind of like a, come over here, like, what the fuck are you doing? I kind of like here. jog over, trying to dip and make dodge. Make another chronic right. start. <laughs> Okay. Dip, dip, dodge. Uh, 18th. You, again, not saying you've been doing this for five years, you zip and zag around all these little kobolds, and you, like, run up to Gwen, and, you're, and, and she's standing there, and she's like, I, I, should I come back with me for a second? Okay. Of course. Okay. You come behind the bar, and she goes behind from, so there's the bar, and then there is basically, um, like, you have, like, the air where you have all your ales and like like your like mugs on display and like your and all that stuff and then like it's a shelf so right behind it is where like the rest of the back of the oak tree is and you guys go behind this shelf like this unit of shelves and the second you go back there she suddenly becomes faint and almost falls to the ground I'm gonna need you to roll and I'm gonna start. When dear, are you alright? Catch oh. <laughs> <laughs> that one. <laughs> You, you, like, don't notice in time that she is, like, this ill, and she just collapses onto the ground, and as you try to grab her last second, you also fall on top You also kind of bonk her on the head as she's going down, and uh, she just falls to the ground, like, onto her knees, and it's like, Oh, Gwen, dear, I'm so sorry. It's, it's okay. Sorry, I just... What's going on? Are you all right? Can, can you get me... Can you get me that? Yes. She's motioning towards the back where the tree is, where you have um, a potion set up. And roll for perception? Yeah. Seven. You have been around her enough that you notice that something's wrong with the tree. And it's really fucking with her. Uh, um, so I go to grab the potion. And I rush over to go give it to to get to her. You pass it to her, and you, she takes it in like very shaky hands. I, I kind of help her hold it, and she needs you to help her bring it up to her lips. Yeah. Um, she takes the potion down and grimaces a little bit, but you see her breathing eases, and the tree looks a little bit better. And she puts a setting hand on your shoulders. No, I'm so sorry, my love. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's It's gonna get better. I'm sorry. It's gonna get better. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I don't... Just remember. Once we get the final piece, it'll be okay. It's it's, it's fine. I I have to. It's okay. You know, okay, um, just a couple more years and we'll have enough money and we'll be able to move. We'll be able to move to the upper district now. Okay. I'm sorry though, I think. Yes, know. yes, quite dear. It'll be okay. I didn't want you to hear yourself, so sorry. She like closes her eyes and leans on you for a second, like taking a her breath and she turns to you and she smiles. Okay, right. You have patience? Let's go serve some good food, okay? Yeah, I love you. Okay, I love you. And she stands up and she like dusts off her apron, puts on a big smile, and and walks back to the main room. I give her back a little, like, scratch as she heads out. Well, perception? Uh, ten. You 
can tell that she's not as fine as she thinks she's. You can't tell what to extent, but you can tell that she's she's walking a little slower. She's a little bit more sluggish. Right. Um, do you join her back? At um, the I think I hang back. Um, I kind of take look at stock, and while I look at everything on the shelves, make sure we're all stocked, make sure I don't need to head back home. I um, just kind of am thinking to myself. Uh, make an insight check. Uh, 14. Okay. You notice that you're low. You're low on a lot of things. Your, you know, business has been good, but money isn't what it used to be. And your, like, there are key ingredients that are missing. You can tell that, um, Gwen has been substituting, like, certain meats for others just to, like, compensate for, like, food and, like, lack of just produce that you've been needing to come in. I think about heading home where uh, where everything that I've been able to grow is. Okay. Would I would I need to do that? If you still want to, yes. Um, <laughs> I go, uh, I head out to the restaurant. Um, I go, Gwen, here. Uh, I need to head back home to grab some more, uh, grab some more stock. Oh, okay, okay. Um, wait, um, if, wait a second. Um, she stops and you see her like turn towards the bar and she pulls out a satchel from underneath the table. She goes, if you're going to be heading home anyway, um, would you mind before going home, can you go to the sanctum um, and just give this to Thaddeus, like he'll know what to do with it. Um, so, yeah, it's a time to leave again. Of course, yes. Thank you. And yes. she like gives you a peck on the cheek and like, and then when like Jenny, you see Jenny in the cold runs back up here and goes, ma'am, 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 they're asking about, about specialty meats for the day. And she's like, okay. Um, wait, I'll see you at home, okay? Okay, I like, uh, brush my head over her. I brush my hand over her head real quick before I head out. And she goes, I love you. I love you. Yeah. You walk out and you walk onto the busy dock. There are people going here and about. It is not the seedier part of the dock. You're in a the different end of the dock from where the Jack and the Serpent is. Right. So it is more just like calm, like you have merchants like taking out their merchandises. You can hear... Some seagulls overhead, although you cannot see them through the heavy smog of all the smoke. Steamboats go by, and you're like, boop, boop. and you can hear like some of their little like horns going off as they go down the river, and just the mull of the water rushing up onto the side of the docks. Cool. Make a perception check. Yeah, for sure. That is going to be a 23. You, as you go to turn the corner to go get on the the um the train that will take you back to your place and to um the same thing, you see a dwarven man coming up to you. He has a gold tooth when he smiles to look at you, and he has long auburn hair that is braided with gold and a shaven face. This is Delsibur Silverfingers. He looks at you and he smiles and goes, Will, Will, my boy, I was actually just coming to see you. How's Gwen? Uh, she is okay, uh, Mr. Delsper. Make a perception check. Um, that is a, uh, 13. You don't really notice anything's kind of off. You just, 
Keys is here? Yeah. Um, I uh, have to run home real quick. I need to go pick up more stuff for the restaurant. Well, you see, I, I don't think you'll be able to run home real quick. Because um, I, I need to speak to you very urgently, actually. Okay. Um, it'll need to be quick because I need to go late. It's about the flower. Of course. Yeah, of course. I brought, I am like on his side wherever he is going. <laughs> he leads you to one of like the alleyways. You see like there's a couple of of prostitutes just lounging around the the alleyway and they kinda look at you kinda like but then like they recognize you immediately and they know like you're Gwen's the guy and they go like I give him like a wave. Yeah, they kinda wave <laughs> back. There were so many cookers in the city, but they all seem so nice. <laughs> Respect sex workers. Yes. 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 Like, I will, and like you can like walk out. Dulcifer kind of like watches them go, kind of leering a little bit as they leave, as one does. Um. Have a good afternoon, Wilma. <laughs> oh, thank you, Rosie. Have the children for you. Of course. I love Wilma. <laughs> you um, Dulcifer gets serious, and he looks at you. and He goes, you know, um. We've been working to get to that thing. Um, and um, Lord, Lord Oric says it's just, it's not gonna be enough. I'm gonna need 200 up front, we can't do it. I thought we had discussed earlier about doing the installments. We do not have 200 on hand. Well, of course, but you know, it's something as delicate as acquiring such a precious, difficult to find flower in the wild. It takes time, it takes money, it takes men, skilled men. You, Lord Jemhair says if you do not give him 200 up front, yeah, it's too much of a risk. The only thing I've got right now is this 45 that I have on me right now. There isn't anything else. He looks at you and he sighs. And I don't see the point. You know how to get in touch with me when you find the 200, but until then, Nothing I can really do. Sir, I will do anything. Anything. Full of persuasion, full of persuasion. That one. Oh. He looks at you and goes, Such a tragedy. Such a tragedy was happening to Red. You know, oh, no, there's so much pollution in the city. It really isn't a pace for people of her kind. Ooh. But when you're ready to make the sacrifices, really, you know, Lord Oric is such a giving man. Really asks for so little. Really a shame. He turns to us I'll reach you when you're useful. He turns to you and kind of smirks and goes, Well, you can always try the black market. But I'm not sure their the fares will be as fair as ours. See you around, Will. And that he vanishes into the I head off to make the donation and to, uh, what was the 45 gold the donation? No, it's Satchel. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Um, so, so I head back yeah. to make the donation so, and to go in. Uh, do it, go. The heavy heart, you head towards the train. The train conductor is this, this little old gnome that looks at you and goes, I'm going She's doing great, sir. I've been here. It's such a nice girl. Yeah. Have you popped the question yet? I have been thinking about it, but 
I'm... Yeah. Well, you know, get me some advice now. Been married for 30 years. Yeah. Made it work. She's a good one. Don't make sure you keep her. Alright. You get on the train. I need the key. side of the lower district to the eastern side in the same time, with a heavy heart, and these thoughts on your mind of what to do about when. Is this like wooden roller coaster rickety train? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, like, oh, like, oh, like, you know when like, the street car isn't working? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. They kind of like, oh, I'm, like, I'm like rolling down, like, I love my wife so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, one those, it's one of those, like, Probably at one point, an old shed that has been repurposed into a temple, and alongside it, other tinier little sheds were made to serve as cloisters for all the clerics and priests and monks that now inhabit the sanctum of Estes. We move through the sanctum to the cloisters, where we find a small, dark room covered in books of all shapes, sizes, and wear and tear. And there is a small human girl sitting at a desk by candlelight, staring fixatedly into one of her books. Rose, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Rose. Uh, Rose Rattlebones is my full name. Uh, I stand about like five, six, five, seven, not really, like, you know. Not that tall, you know. <laughs> I have two braids, it's probably got purplish brown hair, little bits of dirt in it. I don't really have good hygiene, but that's alright. My eyes are this really white blue and my pupils are white. I look kind of blind, but I'm not blind. I think it's just because I'm sick, but you know. Um, I have like little freckles, I'm very pale. Like a little, I'm very, very pale. But anywho, I smell really good. I always smell of roses, that's how I kind of got my name. Um, and I'm covered head to toe with my long chinch coat and my hands are covered because I'm not very proud of my hands. And, um, yeah, I like studying. I'm a wizard. I think that's it. <laughs> okay. So, I'm adopting you This is so adorable! So, so um, I'm adopting so you forever. you are currently reading from a book called The Genealogies of Steery. And it is basically the history of the past 200 to 300 years of Styri's history. It is basically just a list of names of anyone and everyone who has ever come into the city and has lived in the city. And you're just staring at it very intently. Roll um, an insight check. Hmm. 18. You 
are reading with an 18, yeah. you start looking through and you don't see any names that like ring bells with you. Like you are looking and you're looking and nothing, this like seems right. Like you've been looking at like the past 18 years or so, just like to make sure. And um, a little bit farther back than that, but like nothing seems to be right. Well, that's weird. Um, as you're reading it, there is a knock on the door. Yeah? Um, could you open up, please? Yeah. <laughs> so you get up and you open the door. I go and, and door. you see Master Cloverwood, um, a tabaxi cleric, is standing at the door. Oh, hi! He... Make perception check. Fourteen. Um, he takes a step back from you, and you can tell he looks very uncomfortable to be here. Um, Are you right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, fine. Um, um, that is... Oh, um, sorry. I, um, he, he wants to see you in the main hall. I... That is wrong. And he turns and he loves me. Bye! He says Okay, um, well, I close my book that I'm studying, take two of my journals, put it in my uh, cloak, and then I start going to the main hall to meet up with Thaddeus. Oh, I, I blow out my candles so they don't light the room on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you go up, you light There you go. You, you, you blow out you, your candles. Because you know Carissa would have punished you if you didn't. Like, <laughs> it happens, it happens. Burn down the entire thing. So you, um, you, 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 as a responsible human girl, you, um, put out the candles, and you make your way to the main hall. As you, as you walk by, um, you pass by many of the other members of the Order of Wandering Servants. They are all civil. Some turn towards you and they give you a slight nod of recognition. Others look at you and just immediately turn away. Uh, as um, I'm walking by, I'm going to put on my goggles. Um, because I know sometimes people don't like looking into my eyes because they look weird. So, I, yeah. Now, so you put on your goggles. It definitely improves people's willingness to, to look at you. Um, <laughs> And as you make your way there, um, you ha- you pass through the main courtyard. It is a courtyard, but not not really. Um, it is basically just a glorified open space between what is the main hall, which is the original shed that has been turned into a makeshift temple, and the rest of the little sheds that they turn into a cloister. Mm-hmm. Um, through some of the sheds, if you look to your left. You look to your left, and through the rows of sheds, you can see like, vaguely the outlines of the um, the Sanctum's cemetery. You can see the little headstones and and like the mausoleum-like buildings off to the distance. As you walk through the courtyard, in the middle of it, you see this twelve-foot tall, uh, foot tall statue. Um, make a an insight check. Mm-mm. That's not good. <laughs> Eight. Okay. Um, you've walked by, by, like, past the statue many a time. It is a statue of Estes, the many-armed and many-faced god. Um, as you walk by it, the statue, which is 12 uh, feet tall, has 16 arms, and each arm is holding a mask of each one of the major gods of the realm. Um, you know that this is because... Um, the believers of Estes believe that the god 
Estes is every single other god. They just wear different faces. And they look like what appears to be a man, the tail of an ox, and the lower half of a goat. At the feet of the god, you see a large, thin dog staring up at them with a pan flute between its teeth. And you don't stare at it too long because you've always found the eyes of the dog to just be incredibly eerie. The statue itself, aside from the masks that have the main faces, has no face. You walk past it into the main hall to find Thaddeus standing there. Thaddeus is a small gnomish monk who is missing um, his lower half of his arm, so his forearm and his hand, mm-hmm. and instead he has a mechanical hand that is constantly rearing with gears and steam, and every once in a while goes, as steam emerges out of it. He is wearing ropes and has across his face and hands the markings of his monastic order. And he is talking to a very large wharf bridge. Hi, Thaddeus. You wanted to see me? He turns to you kind of slowly and gives you a, a friendly but a little bit wary smile. Make a perception check. You don't notice anything, Tom. Cool. He's just laughing. Um, he's just, he turns to you and he goes, Yeah, yeah, it's Rose. Uh, I would like to introduce you to Spoons. Here they are. They're a friend of mine. Of my uh, friend, uh, Retrotier. Another, uh, you've, you've met Retrotier, I believe. Another one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. Spoons. Rose, Rose. Spoons. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Wow. This is the first time I've ever met a constant. You see, Rose is totally enamored with you, so excited, and is just like looking you up and down and studying you. Uh, Spoons is used to it, but doesn't love it. And so they seem just, um, as um, y'all are having this interaction, the doors to the hall open, and you see Will um, both kind of uncomfortable, like they haven't really spoken, but they just kind of arrive at the same time. You walk down one really long hall, but you're side by side, you don't know each other. Um, Will is not there with you, you're alone, she um, dropped you off, and basically said do whatever you want, just make sure the money gets in. Um, you see, you see Thaddeus turns, um, to both of you and goes, Is it that day already? Rose is just staring at you, uh, Thaddeus. You you know, it's really not beautiful. I know, (laughs) but you don't have to stare. Thaddeus looks at you and looks at you and goes, Is it that time of the week already? Why didn't you tell me I'm sorry, I was, I was studying really hard, and you know how like days get mixed up when you're in a really dark room. Something like that, I guess. Oh, God, I just, oh, it's patient here, I forgot it's patient He like, like, walks up to you and like, takes the satchel from your hands, and then, um, and you're like, how are you, Will, how, how are your house? How's Gwen? Uh, Gwen's doing all good. Thank oh, you. Oh, God, God. Oh, lovely girl, she is lovely girl. 
Yes, she's magnificent. And he walks up to you and looks at you and goes, I haven't met you before. Can I help you? I haven't met you before. Your purpose, young man? I'm here to drop something off and I'll be on my merry way, so you want to take this in? I'm dropping off on behalf of... My family. I'm I'm sorry, my boy, you don't have to be more specific. A lot of families today. You feel someone grab your tail? It's Rose. <laughs> what are you doing? I, it's, it's, I'm, I'm sorry. Can you not touch? Rose, you feel someone grab the back of your trench coat and pull ah. a little. Hi, that's rude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know you, big thing, but I like you already. Thanks. Can you put me down now? Very gently. A name, a name. I really need to for the records. Gananta. Oh, you're the Gananta boy? Yes, I am. Well, I now, can I drop this off in the wall? Rose, he passes the money off to you. Yeah. So, Scott, could you please write down the connections? Yes. Uh, thank you. The, the donation will go a long way. We actually needed to buy some more blankets. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Uh, since you're here, I mean, if you two would want to help with that. Jesus. Yes. What is that? Right. What's in it for me? Well, you know. It's not really much we can give you, but helping the sanctum helps the city. Make up, make up a perception check. Everyone or just 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 men. This this how it is. Six. Thaddeus okay. <laughs> 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 so, looks at you, and he can tell that you're not really interested in what he has to say. Kind of looks at you and goes, "You know, help me spend less time at the upper district, and I'll." Maybe if you help me, I won't inform the watch of your whereabouts when you visit. I'm pretty sure your parents would love to know. Go. Daddy looks very proud of himself. Will is uh, a bit shocked <laughs> at seeing uh, someone who he respects also pull that shady shit. Spoon seems immediately 100% more intrigued than it even was before. They were like already really intrigued. Rose doesn't know what's going on. Valley's <laughs> <laughs> so, um, flicks his tail a little more away from Rose. So Thaddeus <laughs> just watches it. So you Thaddeus, are... So um, Thaddeus turns to Rose and goes, Well... Other than that, you're here, Rosemont. Yeah. I can actually go about telling you about the business. We have received reports that there seems to be some strange noises coming from the old coal factory as we town. And, uh, you know, some of uh, some cobalt families that live up in you know, district have asked us to. If we could please check the place out. <laughs> you know, usually. Aren't they just I, squirrels again? You know, we, we never know if they're squirrels again. But you know, it's, it's always good to put their minds at rest. So I was, yeah. I was hoping you, know, you could go and take spoons and Will, if you'd be up to it, and Valius, if you could go up and just go and check it out for me. I would be very grateful. You know, today is donation day. And now that I've remembered this, I don't really think I should, should leave. Alright, yeah, yeah. I can oh, do that. So much. Um, I want you all to make a perception check. Mm. Oh, better, Natural 20! Yeah! Yeah! I got a 24, yeah. We got a nap one. <laughs> <laughs> so 14. I got a 22. Um, Valius, you are still reeling and 
very upset, not really interested in this bunch of things, especially after you heard about squirrels. But I guess, like, anything better than, like, going home, I guess. I just want to get back to um, the serpents. Rose, man. you're just, you're just vibing. You're like, okay, some more squirrels, let's go see what's going on. With people, I never get to go with people. How I you <laughs> Um, you two, Will and Spoons, notice that by Thaddeus' tone and the way he keeps fidgeting, something else is going on that he hasn't told you 100%, and there's reason for at least him to believe that it's not just squirrels. Like, something is actually going on, but he also doesn't seem like he wants to talk about it. I lean down because he's a no, right? Yes. Um, I lean down and put a hand on his shoulder because I'm very big. Take, um, don't worry, Thaddeus. We, we got it. Um, I'll take care of it. You've got nothing to be afraid of, Thaddeus. He looks at you two and he's like enamored, like just so, so grateful, and he's like, Thank you, thank you. I will I will get everything prepared. Um you see him goes over and he was little bell and um um a bunch like three little kobold clerics come out. <laughs> I love how many kobolds are sitting, I love that. There's so many kobolds. Yeah, as would be for um the lower district, which is mainly reserved for the lesser races, as they call them. All right. Just FYI, in between all this, I give the donation to someone to take somewhere. So yes. I'm not just holding yeah, yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of the kobolds comes up to you oh, and like takes the donation. You go and like walk away, and then the other two like walk up to you guys, and they have like little satchels with like food and like visions and like just in case like something you might need, like little toiletries, like just you know, just in case. I don't eat, but thank you. And they're like, thank you. Yes, of course. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Right. Those foods, if you don't eat, I'll take yours. Um, it's like little toiletries. Sure. Like, like and then you, they throw it right at you. I'll make it a dexterity. And then come back a if you will. Ah, nine. Um, you, it falls on the floor, but you do that thing where like, like you try to catch it and you miss and you go, I meant to. And like, you like go to scoop it up anyway. Oh, that's freak. Look who's talking. That's not very nice. Spoons yeah. is not even remotely offended and is very okay. Nice. Very well. Um, off you go. And Thaddeus is with this like, tension in the room. Push you out. Push you out. Hit the door. Like, click clock. As like, like you're outside. And you guys set off to the old coal mine. Excuse me. Um, small um wizard child. Yeah. Well, not really a child. You are very small. Um, like how tall are the rest of you? I know. <laughs> I'm six foot four. I'm six foot two. Five ten. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. You are very small. Um, okay. I don't know a lot about organic beings such as squirrels. I don't think they live in coal mines. Maybe they're rats. <gasps> what well, did we see a rat king? I. That's very oh, interesting. I forgot to mention one thing that you notice: her right ear is a bit like torn up and nibbled off. Did your ear get ripped by a rat king? No, it got nibbled by a rabbit. <laughs> Did you say a rabbit? Yeah. So as this wonderful conversation is happening, you guys like set off and you get on the train to take you to the old way. It stops around where the viper pit is in that area of the town, and you guys can. It is now dusk as you arrive at the coal mine and you can hear some of like the rumble and like rabble of what's going on in the fighting pits as you guys slowly walk up to this abandoned coal mine. I work there. Ah. No way. Um, I yeah. do fight. 
Yeah. Wow. You ever seen a fight? <laughs> ever seen a gladiator fight? I'm a gladiator fight just on the streets. <laughs> if it's alright, you don't get paid for fights on the street. Y'all, y'all, um. Bat Valius throws spoons a little, a little winky wink. If it's alright with you, I'm going to take my goggles off now. Of course, so whatever you want. Yeah, just. Mm. Oh! Can you sick. fully see her eyes and she looks blind? Cool. So, um, as this happens, you guys arrive at the, at the coal mine, and the mines themselves are closed off. You can see rigs and like, like, like deep like cavernous where like they dug into the mountain. You can see the mountain range going up behind you. At a distance, you can see the twinkling of lights from uh, the Warforged colony that lives up in the mountains. And you see that there is what appears to be a miner's shed where the foreman would have been sitting amongst many other sheds where they would like refine the coal, etc. And the door is wide open. Is there anyone around? Um, make her a perception check. Oh, that is pretty good. Yes, all 21. Six. 14. Okay. There seems to be nobody around. So who's going first? I walk in! <laughs> oh, uh, I... Uh, can you even see in the dark? Yes? Someone go with her. I... I kind of trepidatiously follow behind. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I light a torch because I can't see in the dark. Oh. You, um... You all walk in, torch in hand. Um, instead of a torch, you can just have a little oil lamp. Oh yeah, I have one of those, that's lamp. cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, you come in with your oil lamp and just like waltzing in. I hope you're on the end of my bow stuff. I would yeah. like to cast a uh, mage armor on myself just in Okay. Um, you cast mage armor. And y'all walk in to. I turn on my night eye. <laughs> 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 <The> dark vision. <laughs> oh, we look. Y'all walk in to see an empty room. It is a dusty empty room. Um, make a perception roll. Seven. Okay. Six. Okay. Nine. Okay. Fourteen. Freaking terrible. Please. God, that was not very good. We're gonna die. Um, y'all don't notice anything weird about this room. Oh no. <laughs> y'all do like it, it just seems like an old, like, dusty room that hasn't had anyone be in it for a long, long time. There's leaks in places and you can hear the drip, drip, drip of like drips coming down. On like on like kind of like creaks of the wood of as like the wood itself has gotten warped from like years of moisture and like no maintenance. Um, this place is gross. And I did for, like an investigation check, like my normal like search through for things, like I do when I go on yeah. missions. Yeah, I have no sense of smell. <laughs> what smells bad? Uh, seven zone. Um, there is nothing of note in this room. However, you do notice that there is another door that is slightly cracked open, and you can see lights coming from down the door. Hey guys, I found the door. Um, when you open the door, you see a staircase leading down, 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 and the light's at the bottom of the staircase. I stuff my light out. Anyone here, uh, sneaky? Valius raises his hand, nonchalantly. Okay. 
You want to go check it out? I'm pretty sure an abandoned coal mine isn't supposed to. It could be rats. <laughs> Again, I really don't know a lot of things about oh, games. Right, I thought I meant to tell you about the squirrel. I'm sorry. All right, I'm going. You'll have this little tiff. Okay, while um, while Rose delights spoons with the tales of what a squirrel is. Big fan of all um, Valius goes down these stairs. Roll for stealth. Seventeen. Okay. Um, you make it down the steps, and what you see when you come down the steps is just a very long. Um, it's a very long corridor, and you see it goes down and then to your left, but you can't see past the corner. Do you keep going, or do you want to go back up? Let's keep going. Okay. The lights are on all the way. Like, all the way down. Can we just say um, we're, like, following well, kind of behind him? It's been, like, it's been, like, a minute or two. Oh, so we're Probably. just chilling? Yeah, y'all are up there, unless y'all want to go down with him. Um, I think after minutes. a minute, we can we can do, like, a we'll follow behind him. Yeah, we start um, uh, halfway, halfway down the hallway, I'll run back and be like, yo, it's fine. Come nah. on. You're shouting? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're shouting. Okay. Um, Hi! No, right, so I come down. all the way back up and oh. I see y'all. I'm like, oh, hey, okay. I'm not gonna shout. So he comes, uh, Dallas comes back, shows it's close to clear, and you all come down with him. Um, you walk down this hallway and turn to your left to see um, another hallway, another long hallway with two doors. Sure. Um, the lights, there are torches, like oil torches, mm-hmm. like, essentially like steam powered torches yeah. on all down these hallways and as like the light is flickering and kind of in and out you hear go as like steam is kind of mm-hmm. let out mm-hmm. so there's a slight slight fog in the corridor can i do a little listen at uh whichever door is on the right hand side yeah wrong roller perception you know we can always just note and see if someone answers um you don't hear anything coming from the first door okay i'll listen at the other one okay do you hear any rats Eight. I did math bad my brain. You do not hear anything from that door either. Yes, Valius pulls out his little family coin. We can always play heads or tails. I've never played that. Have you ever played? You've never played heads or tails. No. You know, I I don't have any money, so. I I guess we can play heads or tails then. All right, so. Door number one is heads. Door number two is tails. Alright. Let's get to it. We'll off to a candle. Uh, the heads. Okay. You choose the first door. Yes. Um, who opens it? I'll open it. Okay. Spoons walks open and... Let it go for it. They open the door very carefully. And what you see inside is a large room um, that you believe... Um, it seems to be the room where like the foreman... Um, would like do his paperwork, and because there is like a big desk, there is um like a chair pushed into it, and it is surprisingly spotless. There is an oil lamp sitting on the desk. Something this is suspicious. Can I make an investigation? You may do an investigation. Okay. Are there any books? You may do an investigation. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty twenty. Okay. Um, with an investigation check, you find a map of the city with different places of it, except 
you also find a book that, um, what did you roll, um, Rose? 14. Okay, so you find a book that you pass on then to Rose that um, is called The History of Chromine of the Fallen and of Other Important Men. I grab the book and I pass it to K-U-R-M-I-N-E. And I take the map. You also find what seems to be like a pile of stones that seem to have been discarded into a bin next to the desk. You also find a slew of papers written in a language that you cannot understand. I speak Elvish, Common, Dwarvish, and Halfling. None of the languages. Okay. Could I see what that was? You might just go look. Do an investigation check. You can both do investigation. I'll also do checks. Oh, that's good. Eleven. Okay. Um, what languages do you. What did you roll? 26. Okay, that's that. Um, I love not enough, but. What languages do you speak? Common, Abyssal, Celestial, and Primordial. Okay. Um, and did you. What did you roll? Okay. Um, you can tell from what you've seen, from all you've read. You can tell that this is written in some Fey language. Um, like the letters aren't even like letters you recognize. You can kind of tell that they are Feyish in nature, but um, you can't necessarily read what it is. Can I look at the uh, map that Will's got? Yes. Um, and you said there are parts of the city that are X out. Yes. Is the colony X out? No, the colony is not X out. Okay, that's the only one. Is my part of town X out? Make an investigation check. That is another dirty 20. Okay. You don't see your side of town necessarily, except there is an area by your house that you know at one point was um, an old mithril mine, and that is X'd out. You see that the graveyard of the sanctum is X'd out. You see that... um, you don't know much of the upper district, but you do see that what would consider to be the mausoleum of the upper district is crossed out alongside with a couple of other old mines that have been refurbished and gentrified into something else are also crossed out. There is um seems to be what's like seems to be another mine up by where the colonies are that is X'd out, but the colonies are not X'd out. Hmm. It seems like it might be uh Mining destinations or uh, places where they attempt to drill for stuff. Mm-hmm. Can I can I just see any places mm-hmm. relevant to the products though, or did you just like, okay? Yeah, you can you can do that if you want. Um, you take like a quick gander at the map, and you see like there's a couple places that like you recognize as places that like you and Will would go to hang out when you didn't want to be around your parents. Um, but nothing that like really stands out to you is like noteworthy. It's just places that you know were once old mines, Something and now you recognize them. Yeah, they're now like shopping strips and like and like some like little like cafes and like little restaurants, but they're nothing like insidious by any chance. Can I go through the rocks? Yes, you may go through the rocks. Cool. Give me an insight. Insight or investigation? Um, investigation check. Twenty dirty twenty. Okay. Um, with the dirty twenty, you see that um, surprisingly, like obviously there's some coal, like there's. Not a lot because like the mine no longer has it, and you see a couple of like precious gems in there. Um, like those. That would be strange. You pocket them. That would be strange for someone to toss out. Um, like you see like a little tiny little nuggets of gold. You find like a couple little emeralds, like some sapphires, just like a bunch of stones in general. Um, some of them are just pretty. 
but um they and like they're kind of shiny but they don't really have any value mm-hmm. but you can tell between the mix of stones with value and stones that don't have any value yeah i grab it that like value. yeah that um it seems like all of them is being tossed out because none of them fit certain criteria so it's not like they're keeping what is valuable and like throwing out like just pretty rocks. There's some unknown criteria. That there is some criteria to these rocks that none of these rocks fulfill. Okay. You pocket all the ones of importance, thinking of teaser and how much they're gonna be happy about this later. Alright. <laughs> yeah, really um, and um, you see that too. As you stand here, you see that to your right there is another door. So we go back to the door besides another another door besides the one. Yeah. So there is a door. Yeah. There's a door in this room. Go back to the other one. Wait, there's a secret door. Can I look for a secret door? You can look for a secret door. (laughs) (laughs) I go in. Oh no! I go back to door number two. That was out there. Okay. And I just give it a little. With a ten, you don't find anything. There's no secret door. Doesn't seem to be any secret door. Um, but um, spoon goes out and opens the original door and you rose open the door that was to the right and you see each other um you're both now in the same room it is like both doors lead to the same area what's up hi <laughs> um this room is seems to be more like a workers room it, it would essentially serve as a restroom for the miners back in the day and there is just a bunch of pegs for them to put hats and like and um coats and stuff there is nothing on the pegs um, there would have been their benches for them to sit down, a couple tables like with candles on them that haven't been used in a long time. Um, but you notice once again that everything is surprisingly very, very clean. Everybody woke us up to check. Ooh. I'm so Nine. With your sense of hearing, you walk into this room. Will be long time. <laughs> <laughs> Will <be> again? <laughs> you two. Enter the room, and instantly your heads go, and you look to your left, and you see that there's another room, and through that door, you can hear as if someone is in the room next door, mining. Well, ain't that suspicious? It's a mining. like a rat than those you're expecting. Yeah, but it's a mine. What do you do with mines? What well, you do in abandoned mines? You abandon the. Did they say this was abandoned? No, I thought it was just a mine that no one went to. It's I quietly oh. walked to the door and pressed the ERC right here. I also quietly walked. And both roll perception. While they're doing that. Actually, roll stealth first. May I investigate the room for no. Yes. I think I got a 15. 16. I got a 15. Okay. Um, you both 15. get up to the door um, without making a lot of noise. Roll again this time for perception. 17 for investigation. I got that one for that perception. 11. Oh, <laughs> your stupid accent. <laughs> you um, just hear the tinkle and you hear gravelly voices talking to each other. Nothing you recognize. You, all you hear is Is it, oh, like I can't understand what they're saying? You can't understand what they're saying at all. It doesn't sound like any common language you would um, is it a language I would do? No. Okay. It's not a language I need to speak. You, with your investigation check, um, find a really cool hat. <gasps> I um, put it on my head! <laughs> this is Megan talking. Okay. Sorry. Um, so you, you put the hat <laughs> in. Just imagine in the middle of this mine. 
put it in my head. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh no. Oh, you put no, no, this no. hat on your head. It essentially looks just like a very cool bowler hat with like a little like gear tinking mechanism around the rim and it goes and nice. you put it on your head. It doesn't seem to do anything. It seems to be a really cool hat. It's a really cool hat. It's a really cool hat. It's pretty silent. It's pretty noisy. We should investigate. Look, I need to head home, so we should start wrapping. Well, should we knock? Someone's in there. We need to let them know that we're here to like investigate. No, I think, I think the point was that this place is supposed to be empty, and that there are sounds, and that we might need to. Can I can I roll to see if there's any other way into the room? Um, I can right now. There is no other way into. There's no other way. Can I peek I... underneath the crack in the door? Yes, roll investigation check. Um, with disadvantage. Disadvantage. Yeah. Oh, the book. Okay, um, you you don't really see anything. There's like a lot of dust in this room. Um, like obviously something's kicking up dust, and you just can't really see anything. Uh, Will gets kind of tired, so he goes up to the door and just kind of knocks it. (laughs) Jesus Christ! Knock the door. (laughs) I I I I yoink Val back back in the door. So I was like, I say hello. Okay, you knock on the door. Um, there's a moment of silence, and then the tinging stops. Hello? Can we try and open the door? Is it locked? You can open the door. Okay. Rose goes up. The noise of the door. Opens the door. (laughs) And as you yank this door open, you see, standing in front of you, what seems to be, well, like, not like right 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 across the room from you, you see an old, abandoned room with the windows all barred up because it is underground. Strange would be windows, but they are part of. Where? And you see a twenty-foot what? Ooh. Elemental-looking oh, no! stone creature. Oh god! The creature turns its rumbling head towards you, and you can see Hi. that it is a strange mixture of stone and like moss. But on top of it, it has like rusted gears and. And like ores like running through it like veins. And it turns to you very sluggishly and slowly. At its feet, you see about six tiny, like small stone trolls with long beards and like stone hats with picks in their hands. The same hat that I'm wearing? No. Oh, okay. Your hat's original. Oh, okay. They turn, like, their hats are part of their body. They turn towards you, moss-covered faces, Hi. unreadable, and they charge. Everybody roll for <laughs> initiative. Wait, okay, so... We're just they... here in the zone. Uh, are they...